In life, we all strive for success. Whether it's in our personal or professional endeavors, success is a common goal that drives us forward. But achieving success is not always easy. It requires strategy, determination, and a clear vision. Today, we will explore powerful strategies for success that are grounded in biblical principles and insights. Now, let's dive into the discussion as Pastor Roderick Webster shares his thoughts on why we need members to participate in order to make our vision a reality. So why do we need members all participating? Here's why we need members all participating. Because of our spiritual gifts and our talents. Everybody. Because of our spiritual gifts and our talents. Now, someone may ask, what is a spiritual gift? Stay with me. Let me answer the question. A spiritual gift is a God-given supernatural ability granted to every believer which the Holy Spirit ministers to the body of Christ. Let me say it again so you can write it down. When I ask you, you'll have the answer. What is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is a God-given supernatural ability granted to every believer, not just the pastor, not just a few, by which the Holy Spirit ministers to the body of Christ. First Peter, chapter number four and verse number 10, he says, as every man hath received the gift. What did he say? What did he say? As what? As every man. Of course, you know these men he's speaking of are those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He said, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. What is the purpose of the gift? The purpose of the gift is for us to minister one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. These gifts that we have were given to us as stewards. Ephesians 4 verse 7 and 8, may I say to you though, that a steward is responsible for someone else's resources. A believer does not own his or her gift. They are given to the believer to manage for what purpose? For the benefit of the church in the manner that glorifies God. Anybody own? The gifts are given to us so that we could minister one to another. We say, I serve in God. The truth of the matter is, if we are not serving people, we are not serving God. I've said over and repeated times, God is not going to come down from heaven for you to wash his feet. But he expects us that we would do it to his disciples. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 11, he said, Let a man so account of us as ministers of Christ, watch this, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Look at verse number 2. He said, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1 and verse number 3. Now, May I say to you tonight that there is a list of gifts found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in Romans chapter 12. The members of the body are attached to the body to do what? To serve the body. The church represents the body of Christ. Anybody home? The church. This church represents the body of Christ. So if you want to serve Christ, then you have to serve his body. Where his body is, the church represents his body. 
In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 14 and verse number 27, here's what the scripture says. For as the body is one and have many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Look at verse 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and haven't been all made to drink into one spirit. Look at verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. Look at verse number 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Watch this. Watch this carefully. Get this. It makes no sense for my arm to think that it doesn't like the body. Hello? Because the arm is attached to the body. And the arm ain't going nowhere without the body. So the arm needs to learn how to function. That's why he put knobs in our body. That we would function and function right. And when we function, we have a functioning body. I began by sharing with you that the leader must have a vision and properly explain it and make it clear. Now, how do we accomplish this vision? For vision to be accomplished, there must be cooperation. Are you with me? Strategies for success. Church, I'm doing my uttermost best so that you could be the best for the glory of God. For vision to be accomplished, there must be cooperation. But watch this. The cooperation must be moving in the direction of the vision. Hello? The cooperation must be moving in the direction of the vision. If we are not moving in the direction of the vision, then you know what? The vision will not be accomplished. Let's look at Togawa. Baptists talking against the Anglicans. And that's not literally true. But the Baptists on one side of the rope and they're pulling. The Anglicans are whoever it is on the other side of the rope and they are pulling. What are the Baptists supposed to be doing? Pulling where? Which side? On Baptist side, ain't you? Baptists supposed to be pulling on Baptist side. And I'm just using that as an illustration. But let's say you got the other team just stick out. Just stick out. And some Baptists decide, I ain't pulling on Baptist side no more. I going over on this side. What's going to happen? You're going to lose. You're not going to achieve the vision because we are not working together to achieve the vision. The vision is to pull these folks down. Everybody with me? Watch this. Write this down. There must be a spiritual leader who is not satisfied with status quo. Let me say it again. If we are going to achieve our vision, then there must be a spiritual leader who is not satisfied with status quo. When God met with Joshua, they were parked. They were parked on this side of Jordan. He said, you got to take the people over onto the other side of Jordan. And when God told Joshua what to do, the next thing Joshua did, he got up and he said, we are not going to stay here no more. Up. He went and he spoke to the officers. He said, up. In three days time, we are going to be over that Jordan where we supposed to be. What happened? Joshua refused to accept the status quo. There must be a leader, our leaders who are not satisfied with status quo. Now, I read a book one time by Jay Adam, and he said that there are three things essential for effective, productive leadership. Three things. And when I read that book, I marked those things down and I started checking them out and see if it's true. That's true. He said there must be excellence. 
You know what excellence is. It's not just doing something for doing its sake. It is doing our best to make sure that it is the best it can be. Then there must be initiative. You can't just sit around and nothing happen. And then he said, there must be creativity. I also believe that three things will allow us as leaders to impact those that are leading. One, wholeheartedness. What is that? You got to be in it. You got to be in it. You can't just be going along with it. If you're going to do it, you got to be in it. One, two, single-mindedness. You got to believe in it. You can, I wonder if it will. I don't know if I'll do this. Now, if you're in it, you got to believe in it. I remember the last Sunday was sharing with them at lunch today that the last Sunday that I stood up right back there and faced the congregation and said to us, this is the last Sunday we'll meet in this building with the tears running down my eyes. And I prayed to God and I said, God, who am I? Who am I to make such a decision with these people that this building would have to come down? And let me be honest with you. I was just standing based on what he said. And then Barry came by and he preached a message that encouraged my heart. And then I decided that we got to do it. Can't look back. Wholeheartedness. And then single-mindedness. What I did, what you did, you believe in it that we can get it done. And let me tell you the truth. If we didn't get it done, you would have known what would have happened when that last hurricane came. Everybody would have known what would have happened when that last hurricane came. But you were in it to the point that there were times when we needed money that I would come to you and I would ask you. The last time I came to you and I asked you for help, I told you that the Lord told me that you got the money. And I was telling the truth because you prove it. And I said, he told me that you got the money and you got it for a rainy day and nothing wrong in having money for a rainy day. But he needed to borrow it so that we can pay for these pews and the sound system and whatever we needed to do so that we could be in this building. And you believed in it. And you went to the bank. You drew the money. And you brought it. And you gave it. You loaned it. And you got it back. You believed in it. Single-mindedness. You reached to the point where you decide, we got to do it. And whatever it takes, Pastor, we are with you. Thank you. Tonight we can enjoy it. But then there must be determination. When others would look at you and say, nonsense, it can't be done. You got to determine in your mind. Don't care how foolish people may call you. You must determine in your mind. If nobody else sees it, you see it. And keep on doing what you believe that you would want done for yourself and for the Lord. What was the first thing Joshua did after he got the vision from God? Joshua turned to the leaders and explained the vision, the plan. As a leader, one must understand what the job is. There's a job to be done, and I'm preparing you for the job to be done. The job of the leader is to promote growth and to help carry the Lord. In Numbers chapter 11, verse number 10, down to verse number 17, here's what the scripture said. Then Moses heard the people wept throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. And Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou mayest the burden of all these people upon me? Have I conceived all these people? You know what Moses talking to God? He said, The me who gave birth to them are their minds. He said, 
Have I forgotten them that thou shouldest say unto me, carry them in thy bosom, as a nursing father bear the sucking child unto the land which thou swear unto thy fathers? Whence should I have flesh to give all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all these people alone, because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of thy hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see the wretchedness. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel. Are you with me? Whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people and officers over them and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there with thee. And I will come down and talk with thee there and I will take of the spirit which is upon thee and I will pour it upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee that thou may bear it not alone thyself. What God said, I understand that the pressure is a lot. I understand that you need help, but find leaders. And guess what? I will pour in them what I poured in you, and you will raise up leaders that will help you carry this vision forward. To be effective or successful, churches must have leaders who can be believed and trusted. The churches today must have leaders who can be believed and trusted. If you say you're going to do it, then do it for the glory of God. Leaders must have the interests of the group before their personal interests. Philippians chapter number two and verse number four, he says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Leaders are there to help the group define what is going on. Watch this. It's one thing. It's one thing for me to be telling everybody what's going on. But leaders are there to help define and let the group know this is what's going on. Leaders are to be committed to stick with it until the task is accomplished. Leaders are called upon to make the vision important because if it's not important to you, then it won't be important to the people. You are called upon to make the, the, the vision important. You are called upon to make the vision possible. You need to inform them that this is possible. And while we are doing it, we are called upon to be excited in the work that we are doing for the glory of God. Not just dragging along, going whatever happened. An effective leader is someone who does not run from challenges. Whether it's in your house, on the job, don't care where you are. If you want to be effective, you cannot be someone to run from challenges. So let me read for you 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 8 to verse number 10. And notice a leader when he was challenged. That's what he said. We are trouble on every side. Not just a little trouble here. He said, however, we turn around. We are troubled. He said, but guess what? That trouble does not distress me. We said, yet not distressed, not perplexed, but not in despair. He said, we are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Look at 1 Corinthians 16 and verse number 9. He said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? 
He said, be not deceived, not fornicators, not idolaters, not adulterers, not effeminate, not abusers of themselves with mankind. In other words, we got to be different. Leaders must have a team spirit. We're talking about spiritual leadership. Leaders must have a team spirit. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And let's look at verse number 12 and verse number, number 13. And he's talking about why he gave these men to the church. For what reason? He said, for the perfecting of the saints. Leaders, we have a God-given responsibility. And that is to build up the saints. For the perfecting of the saints, he said, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How long, he says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We must have a team spirit. One person cannot do it. It takes everybody, every leader moving in the same direction to achieve the vision. Leaders must be willing to submit to the overall leadership and structure of the church, not having another agenda. An effective leader must have a good attitude. It is said, and I strongly believe it, your attitude determines your altitude. Based on our attitude will determine where this church will go. People would either be attracted to us are distracted from us. Attitude. Wow. Got a few questions for you next time. I trust that you'll be able to answer it. One of the first questions I'm going to ask you, what is the meaning of attitude? I didn't give you the answer, but I want you to look for it. What's the meaning of attitude? Church, I don't claim to be nobody special. I don't claim to be no prophet, but I do believe in talking with the Lord I do believe that he is showing something that he wants to do with us that we need to prepare ourselves for. I do believe that he wants to raise up men and women, watch, to do a greater work than what was done in the past. And he has impressed upon me, I can't sleep in the night. My wife will tell me, you can't sleep? Just hearing what he is saying, because God is about to do a great work. And I want to thank God that we all are a part of it. How are we going to make it a success? We got to work together. Watch. Believing in the vision that we would achieve the vision for the glory of God. When I come back, I'm going to show you that Gideon had a vision to achieve. And in order for Gideon to achieve the vision, guess what had to happen? What happened? There were some folks there that would not help him achieve the vision, and God subtracted them. Thank you for joining us today as we explored strategies for success. We hope you found value in the biblical principles and insights shared. If you're hungry for more wisdom and practical guidance on achieving success in all areas of your life, we invite you to continue this journey with us. There is so much more in store in this series on success. Join us in the next episode as we delve deeper into the strategies that can transform your life. Don't miss out on this opportunity to gain valuable knowledge and inspiration. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and turn on the notification bell so you never miss an episode. 
And remember to share this series with your friends and loved ones who can benefit from these powerful teachings. Together, let's unlock the door to success and live a life of purpose, abundance, and fulfillment. Thank you once again for being with us. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.